Welcome to Bethesda Broadcast, the podcast of Bethesda Church in Huron, South Dakota. Today, we have guest speaker Tony Haug. Tony has been a missionary in Japan for 30 years. Yesterday at Bethesda Church, he delivered a message to you from a widow. Tony will be sharing from 1 Kings 17 and Acts chapter 19, and will be sharing some personal stories from his time on the mission field. We encourage you to open up your Bibles and follow along with Tony. To 1 Kings chapter 17, I'd like to take a, a few moments and look at a particular scene in the Bible. It's a very interesting scene. Elijah has, has had another confrontation with King Ahab. And he's dropped the bomb on King Ahab that it's not going to rain for a long, long time. And then he escapes. And God has provided a way to take care of him during this time. I'll just read a couple of verses here. If you just kind of follow along with me in, in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here. Turn eastward and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And that worked for a while, until the brook dried up. God had provided for Elijah, met his needs, did it in a supernatural way. But that wasn't the end of the story. At some point, the brook dried up. I kind of, um, a little bit can empathize um, with Elijah. After 30 years in Japan, uh, a lot of the uh, brooks and ravens that were on our team and when we first went out to Japan have dried up. Uh, new pastors, new ministries. Many folks have graduated and gone on to heaven. Some churches have disbanded. Uh, God has worked in a supernatural way, but he's not bound to just one way one generation and one particular type or one pipeline. He continually walks with us. And Elijah's going to discover this. If you continue on with me, sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Now, now just stop for a moment. Elijah, the great prophet of the Lord, has been miraculously taken care of. God has, has sent ravens to, to send him meat, to bring him meat. I mean, he's living on the, uh, just the supernatural edge there. And now God says to him, go to Zarephath and stay there. And I've directed who? A widow to supply you with food. 
It gets a little bit more interesting when we find this rich widow and what she's doing, what her situation is, you might think. He went to Zarephath when he came to the town gate. A widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As sure as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Sure, you've read this many times, and, and possibly you've thought some of the thoughts that, that I've thought, that, that I think even now in reading this. Number one would be, is this widow the person you would have chosen to take care of Elijah? Go over to Sidon, and there's a widow there. What God didn't tell Elijah at that point was that that widow was down to her last drop of oil and last handful of flour to have that last meal and then die, which kind of tells me no reserves and probably been in a pretty desperate situation for a pretty long time. Would you, would I, have picked that person to be used of God. What did she have? She had, in a few hours, she was going to have nothing. And she was just going to prepare to die because no reserves. Whatever had happened in her life, whatever circumstances, anything that she could rely on or that she had relied on was no longer there. And she had resigned herself that her life was going to end and probably was not thinking at that particular time, I'm going to have this miraculous experience and I'm going to be taken care of and I'm going to be greatly used of God. I'm not thinking that she's thinking that way. Another question would be, what did she do that allowed her to experience God what did she do in this story, in this real-life account, to cause things to begin to run and start and cause this miracle to happen? Or even more interesting, what she did have, was, which was just a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, how do you take that and help change a nation?
much less be involved in God's work. What did she do? Well, we know what she did because it says here that when Elijah told her to bring him a drink of water, and by the way, I know you only have a little bit of of flour and, and olive oil, uh, oil. So, so just use that for me. Make some for your son. And um, God's going to take care of us. I mean, this might be one of the top five, top three, top two steps of faith that we find in the Bible. She, this is the first time she's met Elijah. She's not living in Israel. She obviously doesn't have a deep theological background. But what does she do that causes her to be able to be a part of what God is going to do in a miraculous way? Of course, the answer is she obeyed. God told her through Elijah, make that last meal. And I have a promise for you. I'm going to take care of you. The Heavenly Father will take care of you. And the great thing that she did is actually something that any child or single or college or, 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 or graduate school or young couple or, or middle-aged or elderly person in here can do, and that's accept God's word simply in their heart and obey. When she did that, we found out something very important this morning. And I'm probably, there's what, I'm probably making, is there 52 weeks in a year? I hope so. Um, I get that in the number of Brook cards mixed up sometimes, so sorry about that. What would happen if there was 52 sermons or sharings from this pulpit and only one person each Sunday was changed by the word of God or by a testimony. Just one person. Do you realize in a year, and I mean changed, and their life changed and they were just full out for God and God was able to use them in ways they never dreamed. Can you imagine 52 people a year? 52 Lydia's a year being brought up and used in hearing? Just one person a Sunday. So I think there's lots of potential in what, what's, what's written here. But I think the principle from here is it's not your situation. Folks, it's not my situation. It's not even your health. It's not your bank account. It's not what job you're currently involved in. It's not what relationships or grandchildren or kids. that I know this is Father's Day, but, but it, it's not just about your family. It's not just about your plans. It's not about your holdings. It's not about your wealth or, or your lack of wealth. It's not about your situation right now. So that, that, that point right there, that releases you. That releases you, right? The Word of God releases us, and it tells us it's not about my current situation when it comes to can God use me? Because God could even use a widow that was down to her last meal. But He did ask her to give that to Him, and He blessed it many times over. 
And you know, God used this widow in Sidon to take care of God's work and God's worker to the rest of this, this period. And Elijah went on to, do, to even do greater things. And I want to share that to tell you that, that there's a message from this widow here to us. The only, I, I would put it this way. If there's anyone here that desires to be used of God, that desires to, to serve God, that desires to know God more or wants to be used more, as far as I know from reading Scripture, as far as I know from, 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 from walking as a Christian, sometimes in good times, sometimes in bad times, sometimes in victory, sometimes in defeat, you can be, this isn't positive thinking, this is scriptural truth. You can be used of God as much as you want to be used. Your fields can be used of God as much as you want them to be used. Your personal walk, your gifts, your talents can be used of God as much as you desire to give to God, to release to God. If you want to serve God, he can take, he can take someone like me from Willow Lake, South Dakota. I like to tell people, it doesn't click with them very well. Um, there's enough foreigners that come in, out, in and out of our church now that when I make the statement that South Dakota is the most important and most famous state in, in America, they, there's not always agreement there. But... Um, mention Will Lake and, and I put the population at 365 people. I think somewhere I saw that. And I said, but it's no longer 365 people because my grandmother passed away and my parents moved to, uh, to Huron and, and now it's down to 350 someplace. I mean, that's not the sort of, that's not the sort of planning you think you would do that, oh, we'll take someone from over there and put them in Japan, a city of 300,000, have to learn language and Blah, 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 and, and God's going to do some really tremendous things. That's not how we think. But as much as you want, as much as I want to be used of God, God will use you more than you could ever dream. But it does say that she obeyed. In other words, she, she trusted that God would do what he, would, he said he would do. That's one widow that we have that says something to us today. It says something to us individually, as a family, as a church, as a ministry. Now there's another 84-year-old uh, widow that lives in Shimonoseki, Japan. Her name is Mrs. Yamamoto. As a matter of fact, in the last year or two, I believe I have shared her testimony here in this church. When... Um, the team from, from Bethesda was out in Shimonoseki a few years ago and painted all our buildings and painted the, the cross on the church that we're still seeing people come to know the Lord through. Um, Pastor Roy got a chance to um, help me baptize a young lady by the name of Nao, Nao Yamamoto. 
Her mother became a Christian after that. And as we taught her in scripture, um, she came to know truth. She accepted Christ. And we baptized her. And of course, before she was baptized, any known idol that she had, uh, we destroyed. Well, a couple months ago, uh, Mrs. Yamamoto, like I said, 84 years old, came to me and asked me if I would have any time before I went to America to help her get rid of some more idols that she'd come across. Her story was that nine or ten years ago, when she was still actively going to the Buddhist shrines and the temples, she noticed a family emblem in, the, in one part of the, uh, of the temple that had lots of idols there. And as she looked closely, she realized it was her, because she's from a very famous family um, in Shimonoseki. Her, her husband, her husband's father, started the first hospital in Shimonoseki. And um, she'd just forgotten about it, that those idols were there. And God brought it to mind just a couple months ago that, that those idols were still there. So she wanted us to, to, to take care of them. So she went to the temple, got all the idols, and we were going to burn them the Sunday before I came back here uh, to, to recruit preschool teachers and, and English conversation teachers. It was, it was right during the earthquake time in Japan, uh, a couple hours south of us. We, we got a 5.2 one uh, our way. It was, it was pretty, pretty big. I can't imagine what it was like to be in the actual center of that. But the, the weather was so bad, we couldn't burn the idols that Sunday afternoon. So what we did is we brought all her idols and we put them on a table uh, down on the first floor. And do you know that the different writings, the different stamped poems and, 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 and prayers that, that had been used for idol worship there and the, different, the way the idols were made, there was like thirty to $40,000 worth of items on that table. And Mrs. Yamamoto, age 84, the only thing she was concerned about was that we destroy these idols because she'd read in the Bible that you're to have no other gods before me. And she wanted to be pure. She wanted to obey God and she didn't want to leave any tinge of those idols for the folks that would be around her after she passed away. Now she comes to our Bible study, she comes to our cell. She's a sweet lady. A lot of times she doesn't get the Bible studies or maybe just gets one point in it. But I'd like to share with you a message from a widow that currently is living in Shimonoseki, uh, Japan. And by the way, since this is Bethesda, I'll share with you some inside information. Nah, I don't think I will. Okay. Mrs. Yamamoto, when she became a Christian, she said that when she decided to accept Christ was during the time that her daughter was being baptized that team that came over from America and took their vacation time and they weren't missionaries, they weren't pastors, they, they were just, well, at least one was a pastor, but, but they, they came over and they just, they just wanted to serve and share Christ. And she said that so surprised her that it caused her to think more deeply about the Bible and accepting Christ. That's Mrs. Yamamoto. 
What does Mrs. Yamamoto, the widow in Japan, have to say to us? If you'll look real quickly in Acts, 17, Acts 19, if you want to look at Acts 17 later, that's my favorite text, but we'll go on to Acts 19 and read just a quick portion of Scripture, Acts 19 and start in 17. Verse 17, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. There had been an evil spirit confrontation. And Paul and the, the power of the gospel had, had caused uh, a great roar, uproar there in Ephesus. And it was clear that, that, that the God of the Christians was the ultimate God and had ultimate power. And this caused fear. But then it says in verse 18, Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. We read this scripture with Mrs. Yamamoto that day. And we realized that standing before us was an 84-year-old widow that probably didn't have a lot to offer besides what she'd heard from the Bible. She was obeying and she was destroying her idols. The promise was, in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. I can't imagine what's continuing to, and it's going to happen in Shimonoseki, because another believer, another new believer in Christ, has chosen to burn her idols so that the word of the Lord will spread widely and grow in power. Your situation does not determine how you can be used of God. If you want to be used of God, He will use you as much as you desire and he will not use you as much as you desire. I will wrap up with kind of a bad ending. There's a 90-year-old lady that lives in our neighborhood that's been a neighbor of the church for 30 years. And recently she's made strides for the gospel, been studying the Bible, took a liking to our new pastor intern that we're training and, and their kids and and she's been coming to services and, and on several times this seemed to make almost an indication of, of accepting Christ. But something's been a little bit held back there. And um, this past week she was praying that I would get back before her husband passed away at age 92. He passed away this last week. And in the process of that, um, she was given a decision. They, the, her daughters made her that the... the the head of the affairs of the funeral, which was going to be a Buddhist funeral because he was a Buddhist, and she had not publicly made any profession of faith. And our, our church members were praying with her and talking with her, and she had made a commitment that she wanted to do what God wanted her to do. And when, it, when, when push came to shove, when she was asked, are you going to be involved in this Buddhist funeral, which involves a lot, which means that... A, for, for weeks and months, to, there would just be a, an, a, a tidal wave of idol worship in her life that she'll be responsible for. She made the decision 
to not follow Christ. She's weeks, months away from standing before God. She studied that. She knows that. But she didn't want to be a traitor. She didn't want to be a traitor to, to her customs. She didn't, want to be a, she didn't want to cause a problem with her kids. People ask, why is there 0.5, Christians in Japan? It's because if you become a Christian and you want to follow Christ, initially you will be considered a traitor to your people. That's not really what's happening. That's how it appears. Lots of prayers needed. We hope that we can start over with Mrs. Uh, Takenuchi and help her see that the true promise of that, that Christ through her can work in, in this situation. But there's a message from, from that particular widow in Japan right now too. You can be used of God as much as you desire to be used. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.